Well, it's been a few weeks, but it's Monday night, and you know what that means. I've got a beer. I hope you've got one, too. I hope you're somewhere comfortable. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this, the Toronto Beer Podcast, with me, your host, still, Chris Schreier. Chris Schreier, I am still Chris Schreier, and you are still hanging out on the Toronto Beer Podcast with me. Uh, hey, I hope you're well. Been a couple of weeks. What have you been up to? Hanging out? Having a good time? I sure have been. Been having a good old time. Had a lovely little holiday. Uh, got back into it last week at work, you know, shortened week, the whole bit. Whew. It's been good. It's been good. And now we're getting into some of my favorite days of the year when it's nice and warm in the day, cool at night. I don't know if you could hear that dog barking in the background. I do still have my windows open. It is delightful to have a nice, cool, gentle breeze just just doing that, just drifting across. It's lovely. Hey, uh, yeah, so back at it, back at it. I got some uh, business to deal with. Oh, look, my wife is here. Hello, my wife. Yeah, I guess the kids are Ben's reading to Grace, isn't isn't he? So, hmm, how about that? Uh, this is how Erica finds out what I'm up to in my spare time. Uh, hey, you know what month it is? It's September today, September the twelfth. Now, we need to deal with a little bit of technical knowledge before we can continue with what beer we're drinking tonight, because German. Since it is a weird language, it's not as weird as English, and in fact, a lot of the weird parts of English are because of German, so I don't know, it's a little confusing, but German's a weird language. Uh, it can confuse people, and one of the things that does confuse people, although this really doesn't have anything to do with German so much as just people don't understand the nature of the festival, people think about Oktoberfest, and you know what they think? They think, well, that fest must happen in October. Now, if you don't know where I'm going with this, but you can suss that something's happening, maybe you're thinking, oh, maybe they use a different calendar. Maybe they're on the, the Julian and we're on the Gregorian or vice versa or what have you. And, uh, you know, that's good thinking, but you're wrong. Um, the confusing thing for a lot of people with Oktoberfest is that Oktoberfest originally, historically, was a party that was thrown because I think like a king or a baron or a, I don't know, whatever you have in Germany, some important guy, uh, his son got married and they had a big old party. And I mean big, like I think it was like a two week party. And the party culminated on the first weekend in October and it became known as Oktoberfest. So Oktoberfest in Germany, in Munich, uh, takes place in the last two weeks of September. It's, it's not quite starting now, but it's getting close. And it culminates the first weekend in October, which is usually around the second or third. I think it's the first and second this year. So, uh, hey, Crafty J. So... Oktoberfest, very confusing to North Americans. 
I think they want to put it at the end of the month. I can't tell you how often I've been invited to an Oktoberfest event at a brewery that was taking place on like October the 20th. And I'm like, guys, you missed it. <laughs> Oktoberfest was a few weeks ago. I think what you're thinking of is Halloween. That's a different festival. But anyway, I digress. Oktoberfest does take place the first weekend in October, which as I say this year, October the 1st and 2nd. Because of that, I thought, you know, it'd be nice. I've got, I've got three episodes between now and when Oktoberfest happens properly. I thought, hey, why don't we do some German and or German style beers? And I happen to be picking up some beers today. And I uh, thought, well, this one will do the trick. This, by the way, not a typical Oktoberfest beer. This is Gathel Kolsch. Kolsch, that's a, an interesting historical style of beer that we're going to have to unpack a little bit together. But I reckon, oh, sorry, I've just knocked my Instagram machine. I reckon we'll, uh, we'll drink some first and then we'll talk about what Kolsch is and what makes it interesting and... Uh, where you might also find some other Kolsch-style beers. Uh, and also I'll explain why it isn't uh, really an Oktoberfest beer, mainly. It's because it's from Cologne, not Munich. That's a big giveaway. Dead giveaway, as they say. Anyway, let's. Uh, this can's come all the way from Germany. I, I don't know how it's going to open. Hang on one second. Oh, with the efficiency and gentleness that you would expect from a German beer. Now, uh, speaking of history... I'm not going to get into too much explanation as I pour, but again, we'll address this at the time. You might notice this glass looks almost more like a scientific um, piece of uh, equipment. It's not. It's a glass. Um, I think they call it a stag. Stag. And uh, this is what Kolsch is traditionally served in. I happen to have these glasses because I'm that kind of a hipster. Anyway, I'm going to pour it for you. Let's see what we see. And I see there's a comment come in. Once I'm done not spilling this beer on my crotch, I will definitely read that comment. You do want a nice, generous head on this here beer, and I would call that about right. Beautiful. Uh, people make up, mix up Oktoberfest almost as much as they mix up cider season between spring and true cider season in the fall. I can see where you're going with that, Crafty Jay. I think anytime cider season, but you are absolutely right in terms of harvest and so on and so forth. Uh, it's... Uh, it's pretty dedicated. Um, I just find it so cute when it's like October 20-something. Then you're like, yeah, no, we're done. We had fun. Should have been there. It's at the end of September. Um, it does make, bring up an interesting point, though, Crafty J. I haven't done a cider on the show in a long time. I should do a cider sometime. I got a cider in the fridge right now. It's Erica's. She's watching, too. Uh, what do we have here with this Kolsch? Well, uh, it's, it's fogging up the glass already. It is clear. Oh, that's an interesting view on the uh, YouTube machine and on the Instagram machine. You can see my face right through it, but at an angle. Oh, that's odd. I don't know how I feel about that. Weird. I could just sit here and look at myself through this glass all night, but I'm not going to. Instead, we're going to drink. But it is brilliantly clear. This is, as I say, a Kolsch. Is it a lager? Is it a nail? Kind of both. Curiously, think of it for now as a cold yellow beer, and that'll put you in good stead. Mmm. So, right off the top, malty, little bready, little grassy. Just like what you want.
Mm. Yeah. It just tastes like Pilsner malt and grassy, slightly bitter hops. Mmm. Just a touch metallic on the hops, maybe. Just a whisper. Beautiful, dry, clean, quick finish. Hmm. Crafty J says, Erica's new cider is delicious. I don't know which Erica you mean. The Erica I meant is the one I'm married to, and it's just her cider because she owns it. Um, but I'm curious to hear more about Erica's cider. Uh, so... Like I said, quick, clean. Yeah. N nearly like proofing bread, but without the sulfur note you'd expect from the yeast, which you would expect from a Kolsch. And again, I know I'm burying the lead here, but... Oh, that's sadder. Yeah, I haven't had that one either, Crafty J. Yeah, I believe it's pretty good, though. Society of Beer Drinking Ladies apparently have a cider in and Erica from the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies is involved and so on and so forth. You can understand the confusion. I certainly can. I'm talking about Erica with a K, my Erica. Uh, incidentally, if you're curious, this is her cider. It's a Liberty Village dry cider. It's really good. Super dry. I think it's the driest cider you can buy at the LCBO. Good value for money. Um... I'd started talking about this and I got sidetracked. It's a cold yellow beer. It's delicious. And it's a Kolsch. Oh, and I was saying it doesn't have that sulfury pop from proofing yeast the way you would get with proofing bread. But there is something with the malts that almost touches on not quite fresh baked bread, more like proofing uh, bread. But you don't get that sulfur pop from the yeast and the reason why you might be saying, well, of course you don't, Chris. It's a lager. You don't get those yeast notes with a lager. And you would be right, but you would also be wrong. Because this beer, this Kolsch, is made with a top-fermenting ale yeast, not a bottom-fermenting lager yeast. Why is it then a lager, not an ale? Well, it's kind of both. It's an ale because it's made, as I've just said, with a top-fermenting ale yeast. It's a lager because after they make the beer with said top fermenting ale yeast, at which point it's sort of like a golden ale, they then lager it, which uh, is the German verb to age or to store, I believe is the actual verb. Uh, but that's what lagering is. Lagering is taking a beer and aging it out and letting a lot of those chemical processes that happened with the yeast change and break each other down and drop out and settle out. Lagers typically have no ale, or ale, pardon me, a yeast uh, characteristics to them, typically. They ought not to. Ales often do, but not always, especially if you're using like a real clean yeast, like a Cali ale or something like that. Uh, but, you know, if you think about a British ale, uh, one of the primary tastes that you get is yeast. It's the impact of the yeast. Uh, the way that the yeast works in like a New England IPA is super important. You might not necessarily taste the yeast exactly, but you get a bit of it. Um, but with this, it's an ale yeast, but it gets lagered. So all of those ale yeast characteristics, they go away. 
you ferment it warm because that's how ale yeasts like to be fermented, not cold. Um, probably not under pressure either. And uh, but then you age it as if it were a lager. This beer is the typical traditional style of beer that you will find in Cologne, Germany, uh, which is, I believe, northern Germany, or at least in the northern part of Germany. Mm. Oh, hang on a sec. Duntroon Empire Extra Dry Cider, I would say, is a tad more dry and better tasting. <laughs> yeah, stop hijacking, Michelle. You can hijack it anytime you want to, Crafty J. That's the name of the game. Should be here when Ben Johnson's around. I end up just talking to him half the time. Interesting point. Um, I know that the sugar content measurement on Liberty is like 0.001 grams per liter, which is real low. Um, that one might be more. Might be. I love a good dry cider. Don't want a sweet cider. Oh, golly, no. Makes my teeth hurt just thinking about it. Dry cider for me, please. Kolsch, Cologne, Germany. Like I said, uh, nice, snappy, sweet malt. It is uh, got a bit of a grassy hop. Nicely dry, bitter finish. This is uh, a very refreshing um crushable drink to use the uh the term that the kids use and uh i like it a lot i like this a lot gaffel uh is uh the main kind of kolsch you're gonna find at the lcbo here in uh in in toronto and ontario it's not a style of beer that you see too frequently uh with uh, a notable exception well let's say two notable exceptions that i'll address in a minute but first let's talk about what you're going to eat with this okay so uh german style beer let's eat german style food this is a good pretzel beer because uh a pretzel is bready which the beer is but it's also salty which the beer is not the beer will offset that salt that's something that you really like uh you know that's a good pairing Having a salty thing makes you want to drink, and you have Kolsch, and you drink it. Works well. Uh, if you want to get a little bit more intelligent with your pairings, which, hey, I endorse. Mild to medium cheeses. Uh, nothing too big, because uh, as delicious as this beer is, you could lose it really quick. There's... Uh, um, it's, it's delicate, you know what I mean? Uh, you don't want to lose it. Um... What would go good with this in the German range? I mean, this is a great beer to have with a sausage. And again, a German-style sausage, not like chorizo, not like an Italian hot sausage. We're not dealing with spices here. But uh, again, the contrasting idea, the way that the, the pretzel's salty, the beer's not, uh, with the, the sausage, um, the sausage is very fatty, and this is going to be a good gear, beer to hold up against that fat. That'd be nice, especially if you put some sauerkraut up on there, because there's nothing particularly sour in this beer. Um, so again, we're just building layers of flavor. Again, go carefully here. I would be cautious if you were going to put like proper fermented sauerkraut and a fermented dill pickle, sliced probably, I understand, uh, and onions and brown mustard, the beer might start to get lost. So I would, I would encourage have that sausage with maybe one or two elements on it and see what you can dry it with this. And a nice, uh, here's a key. You need a good bun on this. Like don't cheap out on the bun because the bun's what's going to um, be the, the simpatico. You're going to get some bready notes off the bun to go with the bready notes in the beer. Um, and by the way, 
feel free to do that with a plant-based sausage. It'll work just as well. The key being that the sausage has to be fatty. Um, that's what we're really kind of bumping into with the beers. We want a fattiness for the beer to kind of work against, and it's going to work well. So that's what you're going to eat with this. Good golly, I like this beer. I haven't had this in a long time, and it's a good Kolsch. Now, Crafty J said... They had a bloody brilliant Kolsch from Midtown. Haven't had that one. Absolutely loved it. Simply called County Kolsch. Well, that is a good, simple name. Um, I was going to say the, the exceptions to the style, and, and Crafty J's just mentioned one there I'm not familiar with. So uh, based on that description, it doesn't fit either of the two I was about to say. The main place you're going to find a Kolsch in Ontario um, is Bose. Bo's Lug Tread is arguably a Kolsch. It's a, a lagered ale. It's a, it's a beer that's made with a top fermenting lager yeast, and then it gets, I'm sorry, top fermenting ale yeast, and then it gets lagered. Um, it, is, it is a Kolsch. I actually have some Bo's Kolsch glasses uh, that I was given at, at some uh, place. Uh, some people who've certainly spent more time in Germany drinking more types of Kolsch than me, I've heard um, be a little... Um, judgmental about the fact that Bose bandies around the term Kolsch uh, with lug tread. Um, I just don't have the depth of experience to say one way or the other. To me, I think lug tread's a solid beer. I would probably drink this gaffle over the lug tread, but only by a little. They're not that different to my mind. That said, I've never had a gaffle Kolsch in Cologne. I've only ever had it in a can that, if we're honest, probably came over on a boat. So it's at least a few weeks old when I'm getting it. Well, you know what? It might have a package and on date. Germans, you know, they're, um, they're nothing if not thorough. Oh, yeah, something on the bottom. Oh, sorry, hit my microphone. This, oh, it's a best before. Oh, Germans. Come on. You don't get to tell me when to drink this beer by. I just want to know when you made the damn thing. Anyway. It says 0607-2023 because it's European. That surely means it was made on June the 7th. It's now September the 12th. As noted, it's about three months old. It still tastes great. Could I imagine having it on draft at the brewery? I mean... Yeah, in the way I can imagine what it probably feels like to drive a Porsche 718 Spider. I've never done it. I probably never will, but I can imagine. It's pretty good, actually. Uh, so with that in mind, I was saying, Bose makes a Kolsch, arguably. Uh, to me, I think it's fine. Uh, to some top-end beer geeks, it doesn't quite cut the muster, but uh, I think that's fine. The other place you will often find it, and it's, they're, they're I don't want to say piggybacking off of Bose. Clearly what Crafty J was talking about is not the type of beer I'm talking about in this case, but it's not uncommon that you'll find a brewery of kind of repute uh, making what they'll call a lagered ale. But all that means is they made a golden ale and then they chucked it in a cold fermenter for some period of time. Um, sometimes that's done to hide some sins because maybe that ale came out with some brewing defects and a way that you can mitigate some of those, depending on the defect, is just <laughs> give it some time and let it sort itself out. Um, sometimes the brewery is doing it on purpose. It is a, I don't want to say cheap way, <sighs> 
fermenting at lager temperatures is more involved process than fermenting at ale temperatures. Uh, you you absolutely have to have glycol chilled uh, fermenters, and um, you can you do also to make an ale because the the consistency of the temperature is very important. Um, but it takes a lot less effort to get a batch of beer held at ale temperature than it does at lager temperature, uh, and so. Uh, it's not uncommon to find a brewery that wants to make a cold yellow beer, i.e. a lager. Like, they're basically just trying to make it like a European lager or a North American lager. Um, but because of the constraints of their brewing setup, it's easier for them to make a lagered ale, which then some people will call a Kolsch. Um, just because you made a golden, a clear golden beer with an ale yeast and then aged it doesn't make it a Kolsch. It makes it a lagered ale. Sure, you can call it that if you want. Um, but some people will call that a Kolsch. And I do start to have some trouble with that. Even with my lack of experience, I'll I'll taste it and go, no, this isn't really doing what it's supposed to be. Um, especially with the hopping. I mean, a Kolsch is always going to have not just noble, but probably German noble hops in it. Uh, you can't get you can't start playing fast and loose with the hops in a Kolsch. You just can't do it. It's a little bit like a Czech-style beer. If you make a Czech-style Pilsner and you use, like, um, East Kent Golding hops in it, I, I, <laughs> you can call it whatever you want, but you're calling it something it's not. Anyway, I digress. Those are the two places that you will find Kolsch's, and as noted by Crafty J., uh, what was it? Uh, Midtown. Look up Midtown Brewing's Kolsch. Said it's great. I'm going to try and find... Hey, Crafty J, where did you find that? Was that at the brewery? Was it at LC? I don't even actually know who Midtown is. I hesitate to admit I'm not that caught up on the uh, scene lately. Um, we'll wait and see if Crafty J gets back to us on that one, uh, where you can find that Kolsch. In the meantime, this Kolsch can be found at the LCBO, and it's, as I say, a very solid uh, example of the style, as far as I know. I've read a lot about the style. It does what it says it's supposed to do. Oh, they're Prince Edward County. Midtown. Oh, Midtown and Prince Edward County. Hmm. I've not come across them, but uh, have to look that up. And Crafty J got it at the LCBO, so look it up on your LCB LCBO app. And if you don't have the LCBO app, what are you doing? It's very useful. Mm. You want to talk more about these, the Stagne? Sometimes they're called rods. Uh, Kolsch always serves... So one of the things, I'm drinking this out of a can. If you're in Cologne, you're drinking Kolsch on tap. It's it's a draft-based beer. Um, they do package it, but it's it's meant to be drunk fresh on, on tap. Uh, not dissimilar, actually, to Czech-style lager. And they always serve it in a glass like this, a Stagne or a rod. These ones in particular come from Cologne, Germany, and you buy these ones at Lee Valley, the tool shop, because you might not know this, but the world's largest uh, trade show of tools is in Cologne, Germany. And so Lee Valley, who, um, if you don't know Lee Valley, we run in different circles. Uh, Lee Valley, who has to buy a lot of beautiful, beautiful tools. They send buyers to this show every year. And one of the things is while they're at the show, you go out at night and what you drink when you're in Cologne is you drink Kolsch and it comes in these glasses. So they buy them from a glass uh, maker in Cologne 
and uh, and import them to Canada. And you get them. It's a ridiculous deal. It's like 12 of these for I want to say 20 bucks or something. It seems like not nearly enough. Um, but these are beautiful. These are 300 mil. Now, I've had a noteworthy, formerly mustachioed uh, beer writer in Toronto tell me that nobody in Cologne would drink Kolsch out of a 300 milliliter glass. But I also happen to know for a fact that these are made in Cologne for bar use. <laughs> Because that's where Lee Valley gets them. Um, so unless they have an unusually large export market for very specific glasses, I tend to think that 300 mil glasses are just fine. I've heard 250 mil is more normal. Who knew? Uh, but these are great glasses. I'm not even sure if Lee Valley has them. They normally get them around Christmas time. They're usually in the holiday uh, catalog. Beautiful glassware for anything. Not just Kolsch, although they work great for Kolsch. Uh, they're also really good for uh, mimosa, if you ask me. A 300 milliliter mimosa is just about right for me, I think. Uh, and by the way, that's two-thirds champagne, one-third citrus. Don't get fancy with this half-and-half half business. It's a champagne-based drink. If you've ever had an alt beer... Similar style glass, but they tend to be slightly shorter and slightly wider, but still notably rod shaped, just a little bit stouter. Anyway, that's a Kolsch glass. Oh, and the other thing with uh, Kolsch, um, if you go into a bar, they'll have like a Kolsch. It's it's like a Tide House or whatever. And the bartenders, the servers will be walking around with trays full of these tall glasses and you just get a couple. So you're like, yeah, give me five. And they put them down on the table and then you drink those and then you get a few more. It's like the olden days in Ontario. That's the way we used to deal with draft beer, too. Gone are those days. I kind of think it would be nice to bring that back. And anyway, that's what they do in Cologne with these glasses. These 300 milliliter glasses, Stephen Beaumont. Anyway, delicious beer. Pick it up at the LCBO. While you're there, check out Midtown, apparently an also delicious Kolsch, uh, locally made. Locally made. And as noted, I mean, if you want, grab one of these, grab one of the Midtown, grab a, a Bose Lugtread and, and compare. See how, see where they're similar, see where they're different. Because, um, hey, why not? We're having fun now. That'd be a good time. Um, yeah. That's what we're doing with this. That's where you get it. It's delicious. You should buy it. It's great. I highly endorse it. Mm. Well, what's coming up now, kids? What is coming up? So on the Toronto Beer Podcast, what's coming up is two more weeks of German-style beers. And I promise you, at least one of them will be Nonbe Merzen from Godspeed. Because uh, I just like an excuse to pick up that beer. It's a great beer. Marzen beer, incidentally, is the style that most Oktoberfest beers are. Not all. You'll get other Oktoberfest beers from certain breweries, um, but it's it's typically a Marzen beer, uh, which is like a higher alcohol, uh, darker uh, malt build uh, German lager. They're almost all lagers, um, but uh, Marzen is like nice, bready pumpernickel, roasty, caramelly. Almost always there's a good dose of Munich malt in there, and golly, if you know me, you know I like a bit of Munich malt. Those are good beers. And I promise you, here's the promise. I will do Godspeed Nonbe, 
and I will drink it out of a proper mass stein. So a one liter stein, um, which is like two beers in one, two for the price of one. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. And I'll do another one. I'll probably do a German uh, Oktoberfest beer. Uh, one of the main ones that you'll see is... Um, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on who it is. It's one of the German major breweries. Yeah, it's gone. Anyway, it's the Fest beer. Um, if you ever see a German-style beer, and it's called Fest beer, F-E-S-T-B-I-E-R... That's an Oktoberfest beer. That's the fest they're talking about. It's the only one they're talking about when they name a beer a fest beer. It's nobody else's fest. It's October's. Yeah, these podcasts are making me thirsty. You should try the pretzels. Try the pretzels. I'm here all week. Uh, um, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to drink some uh, some beers, Oktoberfest style. I might even have like a, a pretzel. That'd be nice. Um... After Oktoberfest, so after Oktoberfest, it's October because we've already dealt with that. And if you missed that part, just listen back. We talked about it oh, 21 minutes ago, probably um, during the month of October. I will be drinking other beers before you ask, maybe one pumpkin beer. Uh, it will probably be Saison to Pump from uh, Great Lakes or a similar style of beer. Please don't ask me to just drink any old pumpkin beer. As an aside, I have nothing against a pumpkin beer. I actually love some of the historical sides of pumpkin beer, like the fact that pumpkin beer is a actually genuine North American style of beer because they didn't have pumpkins in Europe. We taught them about that. And by we, I mean the indigenous people here, which I should not claim to be part of the we. Um, oh, cheers, Crafty J. No worries. Have a good one. Have a good night. Um... I will drink some fall type beers and you know me, that could mean it's a lager or a sour because beers aren't seasonal <laughs> and I'm a bit of a jerk about that. Mm. And then we move into November and um, a formerly mustachioed beer writer in Toronto uh, has asked in the interest of raising the kids right, you know, in the words of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Oh, hello. I don't actually know who you are, but welcome to the show, Saren. But uh, I thought it was a friend of mine for a minute and I was uh, nervous and a little put off. That he was watching. Um, in the words of Crosby, Stills and Nash, not young, teach your children well. And in this context, what we're teaching our children is that Belgian beers are pretty good. <laughs> They're pretty good beers. And by that, I mean both... Uh, beers from Belgium, as well as styles made locally in the style of Belgian beers. Um, there's plenty of fodder there. We'll get through four weeks of that. Easy peasy. But yeah, November, look it up. It's going to be Belgian beer month. It's a good month for Belgian beers. Not a lot else is happening. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to be drinking your quads, your whites, your doubles. And that's spelled funny. Maybe a Saison. Maybe a, a lambic. Don't be tempted to call it lambic. You got to lean into that last vowel. It's lambic. Uh, yeah, we'll get into some of that. That'll be fun. Oh, I wonder. Oh, oh, I just had a thought. I don't want to tease it. 
but I had a thought. Uh, I digress. That's what we're going to be doing come November. Are there other beer events? Absolutely. In fact, yeah, yeah, right here, right now, it is your Toronto Beer Podcast exclusive. 31 minutes and 35 seconds into the episode, you are going to get it. There are people on Instagram. There's people on YouTube. Surely there's people listening to this because I see you download it. Yeah, we got an event coming up. I think it's going to start in October, possibly in the week of my birthday, because I'll be on holiday. Hey, guys, friends, were you a a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout or a Beaver or a Brownie or whatever other? I don't know. there, There were other levels. Scout was the one you were aiming for. I never, uh, hey, sorry. I never, uh, never hit scout, unfortunately. That said, I have a friend. He's an eagle scout. Like, that's, that's, that's as good as you get. That's like an nth degree black belt or whatever. Whew. Never made eagle scout. Didn't make it to scouts. <laughs> I left during beavers. Hmm. Easy there, friends. Let's leave that joke alone. Anyway, I digress. I got asked if I wanted to do some beer events and I thought I used to do a lot of beer tasting events and I had a model it worked pretty well but it was a different time I'm a different man it's a different world it's a world where we need something with more heart more feeling more passion I'm just making stuff up right now but that's what we need and then I had an idea and I thought you know what we need to do and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna start a club it's called beer scouts Yeah? You want to be a Beer Scout, friends? Sign up now. Beer Scouts. Shoot. There's something I'd meant to do before I tease this out. Anyway. (laughs) It's going to be the first thing I do when I stop recording this. (laughs) And if you know anything about anything, you probably know what it is. I digress. Beer Scouts. (laughs) We're launching it. What is it? It's a club for people who like beer and also wish that they'd been a scout, a boy or a girl scout. We don't care. You don't even have to attach a gender to it. You can just be a beer scout. There's no genders there. This is beer scouts. You can be any old thing you want. We don't care. Just be a good person and like beer. You're welcome. Beer scouts coming soon to a bar near you in October. Beer scouts. Um, you know what? I'm going to leave it there. I'm really worried now there's something I have to do. Uh, um, that's what we got. I'll be back next week, next Monday. I'll be here. I hope you're here too. Guess what I'm drinking? It'll be a German beer. you darn right it will be. In the meantime, get your Gaffel Kolsch beautiful blue can, the LCBO. Check out Midtown. Check out Bose if you want. Plenty of Kolsch's out there. You can compare notes. See which one tickles your fancy the nicest. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird thing to have just said, and it's extra weird if you live in my house. Uh, <laughs> I'll be back on Monday. I hope to see you all here. In the meantime, hey, once again, Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers, you know what to do. Take us there. Have yourselves a great night. Bye. <laughs>